Hey, today's conversation is kind of like a part two. So if you haven't listened to episode 17 yet, I really want to encourage you to head back there. In episode 17, we kind of started the conversations of battling picky eaters. I know you know. And I really tried to dive a little bit into it. I felt like it was worth having a bit more of a conversation after a few of the questions I got. So thank you to those of you who reached out and gave me some feedback on that episode. But basically, it's just strategies to get your family to eat healthy. Episode 17 kind of dove into the conversation around balance and, you know, really eliminating some of those sticky areas like sugar and just ways to kind of think differently about it. But in today's episode, I'm going to take that just one step further. And we're going to talk about kind of picky eaters in general. I don't know if this is you, your partner, your kids, there's probably a little bit of everything. And just some really approachable ways for you to healthify your meals and snacks in a very easy way and try to get your family on board. Welcome to the Thrive With Me podcast, a place for you to realign, reset, and pour into your growth and expansion. Are you ready to become a more present and happy mama and wife as you chase those dreams on your heart? Are you tired of feeling that overwhelm and burnout as you take care of your family, the home, and all the schedules? Does your health seem to go to the bottom of your priority list? Could you use an amazing community to challenge you and cheer you on as you build your legacy and impact? Well, my friend, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Natasha Bell, and this podcast is for the modern, ambitious woman ready to rise in health, community, and faith in her calling while having a lot of fun. I'm a small town girl, wife, mom of three, and multi-passionate entrepreneur that's on a mission to help you thrive in health, the community you surround yourself with, and to cheer you on as you step forward in confidence and align with your unique calling. All right, friend, let's get ready to thrive together. Welcome back. I'm so grateful you're here today for part two of a conversation that we started uh, last time. So head to episode 17. Just push, push pause if you haven't grabbed that one yet, because I think this will make a lot more sense. And we'll just kind of continue some of the ideas that I was sharing with you last time. But before we get to today's episode, I just really want to make sure that you know, there's a couple of additional resources that I hope will support you as you design a life that you love, that you thrive in health, in the community you surround yourself with, in that purpose and calling on your life. So there's two ways that we can do this every single week together, and it's a free resource that I send out. So if you're not on that email list yet, I'm just going to direct you to there one more time. So Every Monday morning, I send out an inspirational love note, as I like to call them, from Her Collab Co. And Her Collab Co. is my co-working and event space designed for women located in downtown St. Mary's, Ontario. If you're not following along with what we're doing there, you can definitely go just click in the show notes. It takes you to a couple of different places. But if you head to the website, if you're an ambitious woman, you are a mom, you're a wife, you're a woman, and you're really looking to find community and be supported as you chase your dreams, 
make sure to go get on the email list. I send out an update every Monday morning. It goes out really, really early so you can catch it and check in with what's going on over there. And I'm excited to kind of tease just a little bit that if you're not even in our direct area, like you can't drive and be a part of the community there, I am working on something right now and I really hope I can get it out into the world really fast. Um, But it's going to extend our physical location outside of the four walls and it's going to soon become open to those of you not living close by so i'll be able to tell you a little bit more shortly but in the meantime make sure to go get on that email list just a little weekly dose of inspiration about life and business and growth and personal development community all those things and then secondly i have been sending out emails for well I was actually just chatting about this the other day, I think about 10 years. So some of you have probably been along with me since the beginning of time, and I'm so grateful for that. But I do send out an email from natashabell.com. And if you're not on that email list, it goes out Monday evenings at 8.30, just as you're winding down, you've started the week. And again, I'm sharing kind of podcast recaps. I'm giving you a little inspiration of all things health and wellness and just lots of fun stuff that's going on that I don't share anywhere else. So if you're not on the email list, you can head to natashabell.com, get your name on the email list. The next one goes out every single Monday and we would just love to have you there. It's just a direct kind of communication I'm able to have with you. I get it. I get it. Social media is loud and I know not everybody sees what's going on there. And so email love notes are kind of my jam. I love it so much. So I would love to be able to send you the next one. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Episode 18, Picky Eaters Part 2, I think we can call this. And so let's just continue on just a few ideas. I know it can be so discouraging, defeating, deflating, I don't know what other words can I use to describe it, when you are the person putting time into getting the groceries, doing some prepping, making and executing the meal, and then you put it on the table and everyone complains or they don't eat it or they start mashing it with their forks and it can be so discouraging. And often what happens is then we kind of just stop trying over time which I get it. When there's not that positive feedback loop there, it's kind of discouraging. So I would love to just give you a little reset here and a fresh perspective on ways that you can healthify your meals and snacks. So maybe I should explain what healthify means just a little bit. It's a term I've actually used in my health coaching for gosh, many, many years. So if you've been around with me, you've probably heard me refer to this over the years. But my idea of healthifying is really just taking something, a meal that you love, a snack that you love, and really figuring out how you can infuse and kind of up-level it in terms of nourishment. So how do we take some of the foods that your family loves and just infuse it with a little bit more health? And so when I'm thinking about what does it make, what makes a meal healthy, you know, and again, there can be so much noise telling you what's good, what's not good. But as a bit of a basis and a foundation, what I love to focus on in our home is whole foods. I like to really focus on food that comes in its most natural form or natural state. It is really amazing. There's a few things that you can do. 
when you're grocery shopping, you know, don't choose as many packaged and processed foods if possible. That's a great place to start if you're looking to healthifying your meals. Um, but then also do a little geography. This is something I do. I will sometimes buy organic when it makes sense or it's important to me. And then I'll also do a little bit of geography because I love getting local, sustainable food as often as I can. And I get it. Depends on where you live, what your accessibility is to these types of foods. But say, for example, I was looking at in the uh, produce aisle. Apples are a great example. Take a peek at where it's coming from. I know we can be habitual (laughs) in what we're actually grabbing and we just get what our family loves. But look at the apples, for example. I would always personally go for an apple grown in Ontario. That's the province where I live. So I would go with Ontario. But it's easy and sneaky because my kids love the really crispy ones that come from New Zealand. (laughs) And so I just always am trying to really be mindful, first of all, of what I'm putting in my cart. But when it comes to kind of healthifying and making sure that the foundational food that you're bringing into your home, if you have access to that, is as local, sustainable, possibly organic as possible, you just have a lot better materials to work with when it comes to your meal prepping and planning and executing. So if you feel like, though, that you're, you're doing this, you're being mindful, you're trying new things in your kitchen, and it's just not working out, here's a couple things I want you to consider. First of all, maybe it's worth a conversation with your family. I don't care how old your kids are too. If they're little, it's okay. These are the conversations that I think you really want to bring them into. You are the parent. And if you are the person creating the meal, my mindset has always been that my family needs to try it. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care where it, what it is. If, if they don't love it, I still get them to have at least a couple of bites. And maybe some of you don't agree, but just hear me out. This is my approach. So take it or leave it. But it's just, you know what, quite honestly, it was the way that I was raised. It was the way that my husband was raised. And so there was a level of expectation that you eat what's on your plate. And so that's how we work it. I am not into and I would never promote or recommend making a number of meals. That is beyond stressful. Who has time for that? And I think that we're not maybe leading our children in the right way as well, too. So it has always been our expectation that our kids will have a little bit of everything that we make because... As we have these conversations with them, bring them into the idea of what food is. We talked about that last episode too, this this like education and real life conversations that you get to have around the table. So we will say that to our kids, like this is the meal that has been prepared (laughs) and you're going to eat it. You're going to try some of it and just why that's important. Like you've put thought into it and you have to try new things. Our palates are constantly shifting. So don't be offended. Like there is a real reason why kids one minute will like a food and then the next day you put it in their lunchbox. And they're like, I don't like it. And so it's real. Their, their palates are, are kind of growing with them and developing. So don't be discouraged. And I always love to support my clients and tell them like reintroduce foods in different ways. So have the conversation with your family like, hey, we're really going to refocus on having some, you know, kind of nourishing, delicious, healthy meals or use whatever words you want to use to describe it. But maybe you just need a little reset if you're feeling a little deflated by how meal times are going in your home. So the education piece is really, really important. 
I do think it's important to give our kids exposure to different types of foods. And while we can kind of get into a bit of a rut sometimes of making the same meals, I want to challenge you to also have some fresh eyes and maybe some fresh ideas, or maybe it's your partner, or maybe you have older kids that can actually help out with you. But I think it is, it's encouraging when you know that people just sometimes they like and they prefer different things. Don't take it personally. (laughs) You're doing a great job by just exposing them to different colors and flavors and textures and just encouraging them or having the conversation that, you know, the expectation is that we, you at least try it. Um, I think the energy (laughs) behind these words, the words that we use is really important as well too, but In case you haven't tried that yet, maybe that's just one area that it's just a level of expectation that everyone in the home is going to try what's there. Now, if you've done all those things and you're like, "Uh, hi, tell me something I don't know, um, then I'm going to take this just a little bit further. And I think, again, it's just having honest conversations and there are ways that you can kind of healthify and upgrade the the nourishment factor um, by really being mindful of colors, textures, and flavors. And there's a lot of ways to work with meals that your family already loves, but switch it up a little bit. And I, you know, in the beginning with our kids too, they've always been pretty amazing at trying things, but I would say now at the ages that they're at, like six, nine, and 11, they're even more resistant. (laughs) Like my daughter will straight up say, oh man, it's so funny. I went to Costco the other day And she was like, can you please get this? And can you please get this? And she was telling me how she tells her friends at school that it's not fun having a mom who's a nutritionist. (laughs) And I said, are you sure? I think it's super fun. So I get it. Like my kids are just like your kids. So please don't think that our family is any different. I hear the whines and the complaining sometimes, but it's our expectation that they do eat what's there or at least try it. And I do not make another meal. And we also, again, take this for what it is, but it's also important to us that we say, if you do not finish your meal, that's okay, but you will not be getting anything else after. If you get hungry, you can come back to this plate and that's great, but if not, that's it for the night. And here's my thing. I know this isn't how everybody feels, but this is, just hear me out for a second. I just honestly think that kids, and this is kind of a parenting thing, is that they're constantly going to be trying to push outside of those boundaries. So the minute I allow them, and I have done this, and then sometimes my husband will reel me back into, is that if you say, oh, okay, that's okay, and then they get to eat something else, they know that they can do that again. So in in over time, they aren't actually going to try the food, and they know that there's also kind of a reward at the end of it that they're going to get what they want. And that's only their kind of human behavior and it's okay. But as the parent, I really do think it's my responsibility to expose them to some of the better things and proper food and nourishment if I I have access to that. What a blessing that our kids have the opportunity to try these types of foods. So I use a little bit of education with that, but our kids inevitably will either, that's fine if they walk away from their meal, they may or may not come back to it, but it's just... It's a conversation and it's just what happens in our home and that there is nothing else after that if you don't finish what was put in front of you. So take that for what's worth. I don't know how that works in your home or if you agree or disagree, but that's what we find has worked in our home. And I think it's a great way that just further supports them. I know they're not going to love everything and that's okay, but I want them to try. So one thing that has actually been really good over the last few years that has allowed me to expose our family to different flavors 
it has actually been a really big kind of godsend for me as well, too, especially when we were all home for those couple of years and really not dining out or going out a whole lot. So what I really loved doing was getting a meal subscription. And so I don't know where you live, but there's a lot of different options. The one that I went with was actually called Good Food. I mean, there's HelloFresh, there's lots of different options. And that was a really great way to support our family when I felt like I was making a lot of meals or, you know, we just had full weeks in recent years of just like, yeah, kind of on the go. It was just nice to know that I had a meal there that I could make. It had the perfect amount of ingredients and um, it was just kind of a 30 minute prep thing, which was great. But the thing that I really wasn't anticipating when I ordered this once in a while And I love that you can kind of just make it work in your life. Like if one week you don't need it or two or three weeks in a row you don't need it, that's fine. You can skip it. But it was there for the weeks that I needed it. And what I wasn't really expecting was that inevitably they're preparing the meals in a different way than I would. And while it might have had some similar ingredients, it may have been presented differently. It certainly tasted differently because of the the herbs, the spices, the preparation of what they had. So that was kind of like an added bonus that our kids were actually exposed to a bunch of different flavors and sauces and dressings and just things that I don't typically, it's not in my wheelhouse or it's not kind of in my repertoire. So perhaps a meal subscription might be something you want to look at depending on the dynamics of your family, how you budget for your meals, and what that looks like with your everyday life. But I did love that it really gave our kids and ourselves a way to really kind of diversify our palate and try some new things. I actually haven't been getting them as often. What I'm actually trying to do now if I do need to lean on some prepared meals is I'm really trying to support some local businesses and go into their freezer section. And I know that they're using quality ingredients. It's made with love. Um, So we have kind of leaned on both of them, but maybe that's something you want to consider. Maybe you trying out some new recipes and and trying to get your family to not be so picky and just open-minded. Maybe that's a fun way to do it, that you could just try to kind of outsource it just a little bit and it might teach you some new things along the way and get them to try some new things too. All right, but as it pertains to your meal preparation, one thing I would say is it's really focusing on the baby steps. So if your family has a couple of go-to meals that they really, really love, like let's find a way to healthify that. So it's just taking little baby steps. It's not a whole entire new meal new vegetables, new colors, new textures that they've never had before. Um, But let's think about this for a second. So maybe it's like a one pot pasta meal. So for me, maybe one way that you could healthify something that your family loves is if you're somebody who's maybe been purchasing, you know, kind of white pasta, then maybe there's a way that you could kind of healthify that a little bit and maybe go to more of like a whole grain option or a brown rice pasta, and just kind of switch it up a little bit. There's some benefits for how that kind of digests in the body and some added maybe nourishment in there too. So it's kind of healthifying it a bit. Maybe you make your own sauce for the pasta. So let's say it's going to be even like a beef a beef sauce. So I have a kid in my household who's pretty picky on texture. <laughs> so I can give his sisters, you know, a number of different dishes and they'll eat it. But there's a few things my kids don't love, like mushrooms, uh, tomatoes. And for our son, it's like chunky food. So 
if it was a, a pasta sauce in this example, st- stick with me here, um, I would actually sometimes I will add in like spinach and you know, kids don't always love seeing green things in their food. So what I'll often do is I'll actually just take my hand immersion blender and just blend it up. And you can even grate in some different vegetables that you maybe typically wouldn't put in the sauce. But guess what? They're not going to know. So you could use some carrots, maybe some zucchini, like try some new things that maybe just add um, a little bit more of like veggies into it. I will even do things like hemp hearts sometimes or like chia seeds, just making sure that they get some good fiber and healthy fats for their like developing bodies and minds. So there is a way, again, whether it's texture, flavor, colors really throw them for a loop when it's on their plate. Um, There is a way that you can kind of sneak it in there just a little bit. A blender is a really beautiful tool that will support you in that. And uh, you can be just a little bit, you know, a little bit sneaky. So one other area that I do run into with some of my clients is that sometimes it's not always just the kids. (laughs) Sometimes it can be our partners. And I will say I am so grateful. My husband, I take care of the meal prep. He definitely is helping out more recently as well, too, now that he's not traveling as much. And I am so grateful for that. However, he has always been very open-minded. He will eat anything. He never complains. Like he's, <laughs> it's very, very nice. But I do know that's not the same for every household. Sometimes, depending on how we were raised or depending on where our palates are at right now, we may have a preference. So for example, where I live, it's very common for some of the men to really want you know, meat and potatoes, (laughs) you know, like a traditional meat and potatoes meal. So if the wife is trying to make like beautiful, colorful stir fries or integrate some more plant protein into the meal there, it can come with a little bit of resistance. So here's what I'm going to say. This might be worth the conversation, just as we would sit down and talk to our kids about it. Like I've mentioned previously, this might be a part or a conversation with your partner. Like maybe there's just somewhere where you can meet in the middle. Maybe they're just going to be open to one new meal a week that will really, you know, it's going to taste different. It's going to look different. But would they be able to lead and allow the children to see them also trying new things and being open to it? And It's just a good kind of communication piece within your relationship, but it can go a long way just being honest about what your goals are for your family because you can often be the CEO of health in your home if you're the person making most of the meals or buying the groceries. And you do want to kind of meet everybody where they're at, but if everyone could just be a little more open-minded and maybe slowly try some new things. And I'm not kidding. Like sometimes even in the case of my kids, It's a matter of just like maybe they say they don't like zucchini, you know, like chopped up in a sauce. Uh, One thing that my kids love when they were a bit younger is I would literally take the zucchini and use a little handheld spiralizer, which makes it look like a little noodle. And then they would eat it. (laughs) You're just like, what? So maybe there's a way that you can even try different shapes different preparations with certain foods just to expose them. So I hope this is helpful in just a a small way. I mean, I'm not saying that you maybe haven't tried some of these things, but maybe you could come back to them or just have a fresh kind of perspective and lens on how this might work with your family. Spring is such a beautiful time to work in some of those more seasonal foods that are, you know, maybe we haven't had through the winter months. And so maybe it's just a fun time for you to talk to your family about hopefully 
being open-minded about trying new things, the education piece of why it's important to you. And, you know, just remember there are some ways that you can be sneaky. Another way that I love just making sure my family has some good nourishment is like something like a smoothie. You know, you can really sneak a lot of stuff into that or even different baked goods. You know, you can even grate in some zucchini or some carrots or something um, that maybe they won't really notice as much. There really are a lot of unique opportunities that you kind of can healthify and just upgrade or just add a little bit more nourishment into a basic meal that you would maybe have every time. So don't give up is the message. (laughs) Don't give up. Even if you're going through a season of picky eaters, there is a way around it. And sometimes we just have to be patient, not take it personally. They're not trying to hurt our feelings or make us feel bad about ourselves. But I get it. At the end of a full day, you have you've had a big day, you know, you, you're feeling a little like overwhelmed or tired, you're flying into home and kind of getting everybody settled and trying to get dinner on the table, like it's no small feat. So I just want you to acknowledge your effort and your ability to really continue to show up for your family because it's not always easy and it takes some time, especially when you're committed to living a healthier lifestyle. But there are some, you know, other little sneaky ways to kind of get some of these these foods or different colors and textures and flavors and, you know, even playing around with herbs and spices is a really beautiful way to just challenge the palate, but also like add in some amazing health benefits as well too, to some of your favorite meals. Like maybe that's where you start. I'll even sometimes, like if it's a basic meal, I just really try my best to know that there's some healthy fat and some protein there for them. So if it was like a pasta meal like that, I'm adding, I'm drizzling some olive oil on it to make sure that's there and just making sure there's a animal or plant protein of some sort. And in a pinch, I will do hemp hearts. <laughs> like I, I will do that or I'll throw some sunflower seeds or some pumpkin seeds on top of it as well, like a pasta dish. It's totally doable or a stir fry. There's lots of ways to do that. So Just do the little things, start a little, get them and encourage them to try new things, even if it's just a couple of bites. And it's just also just maintaining, like keeping them within the bumpers. You know, your kids are going to try to push outside of those boundaries and you're doing a beautiful job of trying to expose them to new things. And it may not always work out the way that you want to, but it, it will go a long way over the long haul. I'm really convinced of that. And, um, just keep going. (laughs) If you're dealing with picky eaters, it's, you know, this too shall pass. It's not forever, but I think it is worth the conversation with your family and just continue to experiment. And I would say too, if you have anything that's really working, if you are somebody that you're like, I have all the picky eaters in my home. If you found something that has worked for you, would you tag me on Instagram or leave a review with just a tip? Because I just think it's helpful too to learn from other people of maybe what's working because maybe you can try that angle, you know, and just keep trying. So let us know. You can come over on Instagram, send me a message. I would totally share it out with people and even add it into the email that I send out on Mondays. Just I love keeping these conversations going and we're all at different kind of ages and stages with our families. So I think it's just beautiful when we can share experience and some mama wisdom with each other and just cheer each other on. So I hope this is helpful in some way as you carry on with your week, making all the meals and really infusing health into your home as you kind of navigate those picky eaters, but still prioritize your health. 
Thanks for listening, friend. If this podcast inspired you or helped you in some way today, I would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode, share the love with a friend or fellow entrepreneur, and tag me on Instagram, natashabell.co. I'd love to know what landed for you, what you're taking action on, or what you want more of. My hope is that you can grab a hold of what landed for you from today's episode and release the rest. And hey, would you mind taking 30 seconds to leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts? Have a beautiful day, my friend, and I cannot wait to chat with you again soon as we create a community centered on well-being, raising each other up, and stepping forward in confidence in our purpose.